Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're about to listen to an interview which our socios enjoyed in full 12 months ago. If you'd like to listen to these exclusive monthly big interviews on the day that they're released, it's time to join us. That means supporting us. It means the price of a pint per month. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Graham Hunter. Go now, join and become a socio. That means you get that extra big interview every month. And you'll also unlock our entire archive straight away, all for £2.99 a month. It's the best deal in town, baby. And we need you. I noticed Kevin Caban as a professional footballer. Of course I did. Anybody who displays the passion, athleticism, will to win and technique for scoring or creating really good goals was bound to attract the attention of somebody who feels about football the way that I do. What tipped Kevin over into being an automatic invite to be a guest in the big interview was his excellence as a broadcaster. Basically, whenever you listen to Kevin, either on television or where I mostly listen to him, which is a news talk off the ball... You're going to enjoy it. You're going to know more about the situation that he's assessing. He's worthwhile. Enjoy the big interview. It's there for you. And thanks for the fact that you're there for us. Roy used to speed up and slow down the game. He had a great way of knowing how to do that, how to influence games that I'd never played with a midfielder like that before. Um, that's why I'd still put him above all the, the, the Premier League, the, the so-called greats. I'd still put him above them all, even playing against him and playing with him, for how, how he could dictate games. And his ability probably goes unnoticed at times as well. But So you grow aware of this stop-stop-go thing that he can do in a yeah. game as you're playing with him. You haven't experienced that before and you didn't know it, I infer from what you've been saying. Yeah. Do you immediately understand why he's regulating the tempo of a match or how he's doing it? Uh, yeah, you, you totally understand why he's doing it, yes. You, you totally do. He's, he's influencing a game that, you know, that certainly that's got, that's got him trophies there at Man United, that he's played with some great players, and these, this is what the great players do. But with, that's not the detail of why you do it. When you regulate the tempo of a game, in his instance, with you playing, is it to give the lads a breather? Is it because you can see the other side are on the rise? Is it to lull them into a certain position in the pitch because if it goes slow and it's knocked about, you might draw them into an area? I want to know, because mm. you, you said that you were appreciating yeah. seeing him doing stop, go, stop, I go, think, go, go. 
yeah, if I'm saying early on in games, he had a he had a great way, Roy, of always passing forward. That was the first thing he, he always said. And, and I, I've been coached by Steve Bruce. He had it at Man United, pass forward. He used to say to everyone, pass forward. It was never... It was never a backwards or a sideways path with Royce. First touch was pass it, get it out your feet and pass it forward. So he'd always try and get strikers into the game, always try and get them into the game quickly. So in the early stages of a game, the first 20, 25 minutes of a game, Royce, it was always first touch, pass forward with real pace and real intensity. So he'd quicken the game up so much that he was bypassing midfielders. So you mentioned the players like Van Bommels, the Seedorfs, the whoever it would be. Koku. They'd stand off him. They recognise his ability. Wow. Maybe half frightened of him as well. Okay, yeah. But also, mm-hmm. he bypassed him with his passing ability. And that, in turn, then would get us on the front foot. Maybe myself could get into the game. Jason, whoever it would be, Robbie, as I said before, were in the game early on in the game. He, he'd get you into Not matches. just that the ball comes to your feet, but you know that if, if, if he's going to do that quick passing through a midfield opposition midfield, the Ducks that day, you've got to be alert. Yeah. You've got to be on your game. Definitely, yeah. So and you've I said got before, a different mindset. I think he, re- I think he recognised people's strength on the pitch and got, as I said before, he got them into the game. He, he by moving the ball quickly, I can imagine him playing with someone like you know the the Giggses or the, the the Sharps before him, the Kinchelskis. These lads that would have been brilliant wingers in their own right, but he would have got them into the game. He would have recognised, look, these lads can't be stuck out wide. These lads can't be passengers in game. I've got to do my bit to get these lads into matches, and that's what he did. That's what he did. It's certainly in the early stages of the game. So whether you were playing Holland or whether we were playing Andorra or Estonia in that group, it wouldn't have mattered. He would have influenced games very quickly, and that was why I think he had a big, inf- he had a huge influence over those games against uh, Holland home and away and Portugal home and away. Yeah, because the creative players, for however good they look when they're doing things right, you would have a foot in both camps: athlete uh, work or solid, clever, but also creative dribble, step over. The creative player needs to feel that they're that they're worthwhile, that they're on the ball. Yeah. The more they're starved, some of them will, if not shrivel a little bit, you're likely to get less of a return. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you want to be in the game and you don't want to be having a touch every 10 or 15 minutes. At times, some of the games that we would have been coming up against, we would have been having to defend. You kind of come in and play solidly and do a job for the team. But you want to be expressing yourself. That's how I was brought up. That was, maybe was, was the strength in my game. And that's what, he used to enhance. He used to enhance everyone within a team just by getting them into the game early. So after his namesake robs your goal, Jason scores one of the goals of his life yeah. against Van der Sar, who seems to be able to lie at one post and touch the other post. Yet Jason curves it round him. Yeah. Can you remember the feeling? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Remember, I remember the goal really well. It's partly because you see it back as well, but it was the play before it. There was a lovely little one-twos. I think it was Niall and Robbie that were all involved in it. Little one-touch, Jason playing around the corner, give and go, getting it back. Then he's on his weaker left foot, he's Mm -hmm. 25 yards out. And as you say, he's got to hit it with enough pace to get it beyond him. But he's also got to try and guide it in there because he's on his weaker foot. It could go anywhere, essentially. But it's perfect. It's a brilliant goal from a wideman's perspective. They're the sort of goals you know I would maybe you know hold up as the great goals from a wideman given goals round the corner, outside of my left foot, play it into a striker, check to go on the outside, come back on the inside, receive the pass and try and get your strike away. And Jason did it perfectly. And then we say we got 2-0 up in that game and totally, totally in command of the match. Can you sum up the mentality? Can you remember anything of what's been drilled into you or what you're thinking? Or do you? does anybody, you included, allow themselves to look around and go, look what we're doing? Can you hear the fans? 
the Amsterdam Arena had the roof. It was one of the first ones, I think, around that would have had the roof, but they didn't close it, kept it open. So the pitch wasn't in great nick anyway that night as well. But I just, I remember it was, it was, we didn't take our foot off the pedal for that first 45 minutes. We kept on going for them. We wanted to get more goals. We should have scored before we even got the first goal. You put a couple on the nail. He said, we post with one. Yeah. You've, you've put a yeah. couple there for Quinny. We did. We, we, we created, we created quite a few chances. We created quite a few in, across the course of the game. They just weren't in the match. They weren't in the match before the first goal. They get themselves back in the game and then we take the kick off. Roy gives me the ball. And then I have a bit of a maze. I end up knocking it. It's the old Stanley Matthews one. Knock it one way, run round the other, get away. And I'm one on one with Van der Sar literally 10 seconds after they after get the, the goal back one, into yeah, it. After 2 yeah, 1. Yeah, yeah. And then I and put it's on your <clears throat> strong foot, mm. total confidence that you were going to score. And I put it wide. And that was, you know, like, again, it's football, isn't Pitch. it? Pitch. <laughs> yeah, I blend the pitch. It's bobbled, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You set up. that up really yeah. well yeah. about yeah. four or five minutes ago. Yeah. Hats off to you, Mr. Exactly Bond. what it was. Exactly Fantastic. what it was. The pick, and, um, I, and I walked right into that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. You look back and you, you look back in your career. You could have had big moments like that. I should have scored. I definitely should have scored. And and then that allowed them to gain a bit of momentum off the back of that. And Van Bronco scored a goal. A bit of a deflection, actually. Big deflection, uh, but yeah. from range. So he's got no chance. The crowd are no, going mad. No, it was actually Kelly was in that night. Alan, 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 Alan Kelly was in goal that night. Yeah. Shea tells a great story about how he was dropped before that game. He thought he'd have been starting and he was. I don't think he was even on the bench that night, Shea. I think he hadn't been playing. He had a few injuries. He'd had a few injuries at the start of the season, I think it was, or through the pre-season. So because that game was at September, I don't know if he played. Shea said he was raging. Shea was, the, Shea was the angriest man when he didn't play or when he didn't get things his own way. Shea was the sort of lad at a club, if he, if he gets dropped for one week, I think he says it himself. I remember he t- I read it in his book. Bobby Robson drops him for a for a big game. His transfer request straight in. Like he was that sort of lad. He had to play. He had to play games. And uh, but, but that if you're a competitor and if you consistently produce, that's only yeah. a demonstration of how. Yeah. I think that's the, the misconception for a lot of people. It's like um, you know when someone like say Shea put a transfer request. Imagine the Geordies. They'd have been slaughtering, wouldn't they? Of course. And it's like oh, how can you want to walk away from this club and everything? But it's not that. It's not that. It's nothing no. to do with nothing to do with money or anything like that. He wanted to play games. Mm. He's thinking, they're snubbing me here. This is a total rejection. I want to play games. Puts a transfer request in. And uh, that was the... I remember it around that time. But you know, Shea, sorry, just to, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent there. But yeah, he did. Um, he, did he was dropped for that game. And Shea then was in and out, maybe through that group. And then finally then, you know, certainly in the in latter stages of that qualification campaign, he got himself in. And, and then he was a regular then for a long time. So given that this is our sort of bookends that I want to do, you, you, you go through the rest of the group, as I say, two really big um, mm. performances against Portugal. Yeah, we got, got those back-to-back. We didn't lose away in Amsterdam or in Lisbon. So we, we get two massive results to start with. We played really well over there in Portugal as well against that game. And I say it before, I think the, one of the best individual performances I've ever seen was Rui Costa. Rui Costa mm. in Dublin was just sensational. He was Describe him for those who, who aren't old enough to have seen him play. Describe that elegant Portuguese midfielder. Oh, he was just... I, mean, I was directly up against Figo that day. So I'm, I'm going to, Again, I'm going a bit further ahead of, of, of myself here, but the game in Dublin, they battered us. Portugal were brilliant. Figo was, was very good. I, you know, Ian Hart would have been marking him, he'd have been a right winger, but he would have been reliant upon me to get back and help out as much as I can. So invariably, I'd have spent 80 minutes of that game trying to get back helping Harty out because he didn't want to get... What was your role in a situation like that against Figo? Is it closing up inside so that he can't come in off Harty or trying to come wrong side essentially yeah so I think I would have always been a very good communicator on the pitch and how I would have got whether I was, I was playing at fullback or whether I was playing front of me so you try and give Harty a little bit of 
guidance. Show him into me. I'm, you know, I'm coming on your right. I'm, I'm coming from whatever it would be. If I'm in front of Harty, obviously he can see the, the angle that I'm trying to come yeah. at. But if he can't see me and I'm maybe coming from his inside, just to try to give him that communication of to look, I've got your back. Show him, show him into me. I'm inside you here now. Show him into me. And so Harty then would obviously angle of approach, get his body around it. Show him into me. And we, we, had, we had a good understanding like that, uh, Harty and me. We did. Um, I used to love playing with him because simply because of his quality. He had the best quality I'd ever seen in a fullback. Every ball he'd give you was perfect. You're talking about his quality with the ball. Yeah. Which not every fullback is asked yeah. to do. He was a very, very. He could have easily played old inside left. I think or if he was quicker in, in yeah. midfield. If, if Harty was quicker, if he had a little bit more pace. Chavi, yeah. Chavi was never quick. Busquets isn't quick. Yeah, but as a fullback though, I don't, I'm, I'm talking about he could have played midfield. Yeah, he probably could have done. He probably could have done. 20, uh, well, yeah. at least I'm, unless my argument because I th- technically I thought he was a fabulous. Yeah. Could argue he's technically our best player. I would think, yeah. You'd probably argue. Him and, him and Roy certainly would have been the two. That's great. Please. Because left foot was sensational. Sensational. But his right foot was also brilliant as well. So he had two good feet. He was good in the air. He used to get the odd, you know, the odd goal as well, certainly when he was attacking corners and things like that. Well, that's if he wasn't actually taking them. But also, I just mentioned before, if, say, if, if he had his pace of his uncle, say, if he had the pace of Gary, I think he had the, one of the best around. He, I, I think he, w- he would have gone on and played. He could have played for Real Madrid. He could have played for Barcelona. He was that good. He was just a, a, a brilliant, brilliant footballer, technically as good as you would like, as you like to say. As it but, was, he played at least a Champions League quarter. I think he semi, played a Champions League semi. semi. I think you're right, that Valencia yeah. game. I Valencia, right. yeah. Mm. OK, so, so the Figo that you encounter, um, who's going to be golden ball, who's going to be a Champions League winner at Real Madrid, mm. when I picture him and you try to describe what he had to people, and, and Ferguson always said that if he was to sell Beckham, Figo was the only person that he could have yeah. imagined taking that right wing beat. His distribution was very good, and he scored. He struck the ball very cleanly, scored lots of goals, his crossing was brilliant. But you, you talked about you and Chris Waddle, and if I picture Figo now, there was a slight lean forward and hunch to his shoulders. Yeah. There was the things in his game you recognised from your game as a kid? Uh, yeah, a little bit of that. I think... The one thing that maybe stood out, if you're, you're asking me little things about his game, he had a John Robertson drag. That's exactly what Figo had. He used to take it from his, le- his right to his left, so he'd be, he'd be thinking he'd be going on the outside, and he had an almighty drag where he'd drag it right across you, and he could do it on the, off his left and off his right foot. It, excellent at both ways. You can see, you can imagine when he's one-on-one in, in, in a wide area, he didn't know how, which crop foot he was going to cross with because he, he was so agile, great movement, so graceful with his movement, he could drag it onto either foot. But he didn't have pace. He wasn't a pacey player that's going to run away from you. That's when you look at someone like Beckham where you'd think, yeah, you could maybe draw those sort of comparisons. He wasn't a player that was going to run away from you. So, but he didn't need a lot of space. Yes. To whip. Yes. He had the ability to just open his feet out ever so slightly, and he, but he'd cross it instantly like a Beckham where you think, how, how, how has he got that past me? That's what, that's what he had. Yeah, yeah. We, we were on Rui Costa, I thought. That's a beautiful Figo description. But no, it, it, well, it, it the is. The Rolls Royce of midfield. But you start to see him as well. Again, he, I, I, I certainly don't think he, he, had a, he didn't have as, nowhere near as, uh, as big an influence as, as Rui Costa did that day. But you know when you watch someone and you see them, you're up against them, and you're coming off, it's class. Mm. Class. That's, what, that's your, your thing. You, know, you shake his hand after the game, and you're like, yeah, he's, he's, he's total class. But Rui Costa... Was just he was the most elegant footballer I've ever seen. I've ever seen on a pitch. He, he used to glide past players. He could go off either foot. He could shoot. He could head. Brave. He could take a tackle. And I saw him showing because you know, obviously he's coming to Dublin. He's coming into our backyard, and we've got probably would have been Breeny. Probably would have been perhaps would be Kenny Cunningham, Steve Staunton, maybe. And they're going to rough him up. Rui Costa's playing as a number ten, but he's going to also be coming up against 
he's going to be pushing on to try to get up against the two centre-halves as well. And he can take it. And yet he's still got the ability as well to, to get himself half a yard, to pick passes out, opening his shoulder out in ways where he knows there's a if it's a Figo that's on his, on his right-hand side or whoever coming up on the left-hand side, he knows where they are before that ball's even coming to him. And you've seen that. You've, you've watched enough of that type of play with the, the calibre of plays that you've seen over the years where it just happens like that. It's, it's a split second... And, it, and sometimes they don't even need to take the touch. The pass is away, and then he's away in, in space. You're obviously you're following the ball, and then all of a sudden he's off your shoulder. He what had, just he, happened? He, he, he just had ways. And I just remember that day in Dublin. It was a lovely day, and we, we were poor, actually. We didn't, we didn't get to the level that we got through the group. Roy got us a draw. Roy, Roy was immense that day. Roy, probably maybe Roy's best game, I would maybe, I'd maybe argue, that day. Because it was almost as if he's a one-man team for us that day. He got us a point. And it was a huge point for us in the end, actually. But uh, Rui Costa stood out. I just, I just, just watching him and just being in awe. And again, he wasn't necessarily in my in my vicinity. He wasn't anywhere near me, really. But he was, he was the topic of conversation within our dressing room after the game. Wow, what a player he is! And uh, well, as I said, like they, they ended up topping the group then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But the reason you go through, given that they top, although they top by goals, yeah, because you tied on twenty four points, is is this um, this nuts game? I mean, crazy game. I don't know what you you feel about it in retrospect, but I mean, if if I can, as a Scot, we're very used to sort of um, brave failure. We're very used to um, producing performances that shouldn't happen against big teams, and then not having the savvy at Hampden Park yeah. to handle a situation. And there are moments in Dublin that look a little bit like that because Holland have their tails up. Yeah. They don't play anything like Amsterdam. They're much more yeah. aggressive and confident. And as a group, and, and you'll tell us about going down to 10, you, you don't look as assured. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So set the scene and, and were there nerves coming into it? What were, the, what were the attitudes? What was the manager saying? What was the group's form coming into that? It was a beautiful day. Sun, sun was shiny. You can paint the picture from that sort of side of it. So it was a, you know, you don't get many days like that in Dublin, but it was, it was a beautiful day. 
packed Lansdowne Road, as good as atmosphere as, as you're going to witness before a game. Crowd in full voice. And there, there was a real change, I think, I, I think around that time as well, saying how the games were being reported. Because we, we were starting to see a, a much bigger build-up to the matches. You know, with something, say, living here now, you start to get a bit of a, a feeling for it now and how the games are built up from a month out or, or three or four weeks out, whatever it would be. We arrive in Dublin and we're front page. You know, next game we've got next got Holland, and you've seen all the the, the you know win tickets to the to the big showdown, radios on, TVs on, whatever it is. The only topic is that game against uh, against the the Dutch in Dublin. So you're starting then. You're in, you're you're immersed in it. Then you're around the hotel. You're getting the paper in the morning and you're reading about. You're reading what's being said. What's what's the team going to be? Some journals picking. Uh, whoever you know, you know, you can imagine the one to eleven. The, 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 whoever it would, some of the journals favour one, some of them favour another. So whoever they do it would be. Look at that, don't they? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's the one thing that when Brian Kerr became manager, he ended up taking a lot of the newspapers out and just maybe leave one or two in there, whatever it would be. You can't. You, it's the way it is, isn't it? I think it's the way it is. I think psychologically, I think Brian maybe saw something that would be, would be affecting us. But I think in general, yeah, I think then you start to realise how big these games are, and we analyse the game constantly around the Irish team and things like that and yes we probably don't have the players to an extent now don't, and we're probably we yeah we're probably are harsh harsh on our, on our players at times as well but when we when we're playing for our club we're nobodies when we're playing for our country here we're everything to everybody so that that real intensity around the squad that real that feeling of this game is everything mm-hmm. so it's only going to lead to nerves you, it, no matter how, you, you're not going to be human if you don't have these sort of nerves around these sort of big games. Good nerves, real bit of you know, a bit of I don't know that little knot in your in your tummy around these games. But you're you feeling that from Monday. It's not Saturday you're feeling this. You're feeling that from Monday, Tuesday. Every training session, every every team meeting that you've got, every you know the bits of video analysis that, that we could have done in those days, we wouldn't have done much because we wouldn't have had the technology there. You're, you're immersed in this in this little bubble, yeah, but you're starting to realise that this is it. This is make or break now this weekend. And uh, I'd say, yeah, I, I, I think some of those bigger games, you, I, I don't think that's really spoken about at times and how nervous or how how much the players can be affected by these bigger games because there was there was so much riding on it and we were on the verge of something very special but we had this great team this brilliant team in 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 Holland coming to coming to Dublin who of course they were wounded from the result that we got over there in Amsterdam anyway so there's negative tension that some people burn energy during yeah. the week without noticing it Definitely. that they should be using you know in those first 20 minutes or yeah. in the last 10 um, there's nerves that sort of grow during the week and and really only start to hit you on Friday night but also there yeah. are some, and I don't know where you rank and, and how your teammates are, there's some who are just like, yeah, yeah, this is what it's all about. Give me more of this. Yeah. Give me less of, I'm doing nobody at the club. Give me exactly yeah. this. Put Ireland's responsibility on my shoulders. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Give me more of that. Yeah, Robbie, yeah, yeah. Robbie would be one of those. Definitely, definitely. I've, I've ne- He'd feed I, off it. Yeah, I'd never seen a player like him come in at 17. No nerves whatsoever. This is where I belong. I belong here with Robbie when he first came in. Still probably the best I've ever seen at 17. And again, I played with Wayne at 17. But Robbie was just a, a, a different breed. Just a, a, an amazing talent, but also mentally so strong. Like, nothing would faze him. Absolutely nothing would faze him. And he, he was just, this is me. Give, as you say there, maybe, give me this. This is what I want. This is me. And maybe probably Roy had that maybe mentality as well to an extent. 
But what I would say, and what I would argue as well, is that playing for Ireland was my Champions League. Playing for Ireland was everything. I, I, I didn't get the opportunity to play Champions League football, the, the very best, the pinnacle of, of club football. So I wasn't around these big games. I never played a, 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 playing for Man United or Liverpool or whoever it would be, playing in these big Champions League nights. So this was everything. This was almost like this is what your whole career has been set up for, that you're on the verge of qualifying for a World Cup if you beat this great team here in Dublin. And as you say before, we've had so many, over the years, we've had so many near misses. Ah, what an effort. Great effort, lads. Well done. But you've not been able to get over that final hurdle and go on and do it. And uh, that was certainly in my mind, I felt, because, because we were on the verge of something special, yeah. So looking back to that Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, Nerves if you can look yeah. that... How did you react? I would always try to try and you know try and get some sort of consistency in the build up to every game, whether that would be food wise, you know, all all the little things that you've got to do to fit in to, to fit around the game, should I say, to, to you know to get yourself prepared for it. But these sort of games are different. These games are, are, are immeasurably different because you you go for a walk out for a coffee around the hotel, and the. The level of appreciation for the team from our supporters is just, it has always been brilliant. It's, it's been incredible, the level of appreciation that we've got. And the only thing that they want to talk about is this game. And it's understandable, yeah, you know full well because you've been reading about it all week. But it's, it comes down to this, to this one big day at Lansdowne on the Saturday. So you handled it, can you remember? Yeah, I think I did. I don't think I certainly didn't play my best game for Ireland. It's gone for that memory. That tension is gone from you now. You're one, reaching for a one, memory. Once it, yeah, it probably has. I, I, I do remember that the tension was there all week. That's one thing I do. But I probably remember more in the build-up than I actually do around the game because once the game then does go, it's kind of you just you're just fully focused on the game. You're focused on what's happening around you. So I think that tension does leave you. I think it does, and that always did. That always did leave me when when the game did actually start. Yeah. Did you feel you were being battered on the day? Yes, I did. I felt as though that we were certainly getting overran. We certainly we were, or we were nowhere near of the level from the game in Amsterdam. Nowhere near that. Absolutely nowhere near that. So that was the thing that we were up against it. Overmars was playing brilliantly on the on the left hand side for them, and you know, famously Gary Kelly got the two yellows and got got sent off uh, just after half time. That's the thing that was happening throughout. We were getting overran. We were not necessarily giving loads of chances away, but we were giving a couple of good, really good chances away throughout the game. They were creating things. Clivert by Nesteroy. Yeah. Clivert particularly. Yeah. Uh, was sharp that day. Yes, Had this collision with, I think this time, not Alan, but Shea. Yeah, Shea was, the, yeah, Shea was playing, yeah. That were, there were a lot of mistakes yeah. from your team. Yeah, Richard Dunn was brilliant that day. That was almost the beginning of him as well. Richard Dunn was so good. I think Richard was only 19 at the time. 19 or 20. He was certainly under 21s. And he came in, um, that would have been probably the biggest game that he would have played in. And he almost single-handedly marshaled the defence that day. Because he would have, as you said, if, that day with Van Nistelrooy, yes. There was Cliver, yes. There was uh, Pierre Van Hoydonk and Jimmy Floyd. Mm. All four, I think all four were on the pitch at one stage as well. And Richard Dunn was having to try to keep all four of them at bay at times. At so. one stage with ten men in green because yeah. Gary had been sent off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Should, should that goal have come though? I mean... Can remember the I think I, I, I tell you what I do, I do. The thing you remember, you, you're going through that game. You're down to ten men. You're thinking, right, we'll take a draw now. We, we would take a draw, take a nil nil, whatever it would be, because it, it still would have been a decent result don't get going beat. forward. Yeah, exactly. Don't get beat. That that was probably the mentality. And then you have the chance to get forward, and Stevie Finnan got himself in a great position. Another one, another one that we had was underrated. Another player. You may be saying he can reel off all these names to you, but a very a brilliant player, Stevie Finnan, brilliant defender, and he created. 
you know that moment for Jason. Jason's Jason's life's built around that goal now. He, yeah, he 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 loved to yeah, remind you of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> he handles he handles it yeah. brilliantly. And he's, he's, he's listened to Jason. But it was also. a great finish. If you look at the technique on the goal yeah. as well, it was, it was taken like a, he struck it like a free kick. Yeah. He gets the ball up and down. You know, that, again, with the technique of that one, if you get it wrong, you just sky it. But if anyone sees it, he's, he's wrapped his foot over the ball, so he's hit it as like a free kick, like, a, like you're trying to get it up and down over a wall. He hit it brilliantly. So there's a parabola to it. Exactly. And again, he's beat Van Bissar again for the, for the second time in the group. And it was a brilliant finish, yeah. Great, great goal. And... Uh, the moment was, I mean, it was, yeah. I, I think then the sense that, you know, the, the, the noise, the noise in the, at Lansdowne that day was, oh, it was unbelievable. And the amount of people I've spoke to since, yeah, I was there, you know, half the country was there by all accounts at that game. But it's the game that's synonymous with Mick McCarthy's reign that game, definitely. Probably makes living in Dublin, which you do now, that little bit easier. Um, we're going to, Wind to a halt because of your time, not because mm. of my enthusiasm. But um, there's two subjects I want to gently cover. I was going to ask you about how you'd have handled Saipan if you'd been the manager. I don't believe you'd have handled it the same way as I think you, Mick did. Do you know what? Yes, probably it's fair that I probably answer what you're saying. Yes, I, I, I probably would have handled it differently. I think, But I think it's always better in hindsight as well. But I, I think that, I don't know if Mick's ever admitted this or if he even thinks it, but I do think that looking back... He could certainly have managed differently. And it, it, that's not the route I wanted to go down. You know, with Roy there, I've heard you saying, I feel like we'd have done semi-finals at least. Easy, yeah. And you've used the word, well, you've just used the word easily. Yeah, I think we would have done. I think we'd have topped our group. I do think that. And again, it's, it's quite bullish when you think about it. I do think well, we'd have topped the group. This is a forum for I your think, opinion. So. Yeah, I think we'd have put Spain out. I think I do think we'd have put Spain out if, if, if that had been the case. We should probably, we should, we, everybody knows we probably should have anyway. But... It's in general. I think we would have. We certainly. So then you then, fancy South Korea? Yeah, I think of course we would have done. We definitely would have done. You've twice said well, once in a previous interview, at least. Yeah. Then you said easily. I, I think. So I, would you think that Ireland were were with Roy Keane and playing the way you played, were finalists? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, and again, it's it's you know it, you always look at it. You know, it's everything can change and it runs its course for a reason and all these sort of things. But if I look at how we played and how. How much, what, what, what our collective strengths were, and the qualities, individual qualities that we had as well, mixed in with that, we 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 we, we should have done. We should have done. Yeah, we should. We said we should have got to the, to the quarters as it is. Yeah, and we should have got to the quarters. And I th- I do feel as though we we would have had a great chance of topping our group originally anyway. And I think as it turns out. It would have ended. We would have ended up playing the Germany in the semi. We played them. I would have fancied us because it simply we, we would have we would have had experience of playing against them in the past. So it's Again. an Ireland Brazil final. Now you made a good case. No, I'm not. I'm not yeah. teasing or mocking. Yeah. You, and you're not doing the Scottish thing about well, no, we've won no. the tournament before you've yeah. even even made it there. You're making a reasonable a log, a case, something that's on your mind occasionally. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. We could have played in a World Cup final yeah. because. Korea looked beatable in that respect against a side that you should have put out Spain. Yes. And Germany, you played in the group, and it was 1-1. It was a late goal from Robbie, but yeah. you feel that you had their measure. Yeah, we did, yeah. I thought throughout. Yeah, they got an early goal. We conceded early goals against... We conceded a first-half goal against uh, Cameroon. We conceded early goal against Germany in the, in the second game. And we conceded early goal against Spain as well. We conceded early goals, but we had enough about us... I think it helps in many respects as well that we did concede those early goals because we knew then that we had to maybe play a little bit yeah. and it certainly helped us, I think it did. And we got ourselves more than back into every one of those games and then by the last 
20, 30 minutes of every one of those games, we were out playing them. And, and, and I, I thought I detected this feeling about I could have played in the World Cup final in previous interviews that I listened to. Is that yeah. a bugbear? <sighs> yeah. I, I, you know, again, we, we, we'd have Kenny Cunningham, who'd be a regular contributor on our show as well. I listened to him a lot. Yeah, Kenny Beyond. And again when we speak about it it's and I mean it's totally genuine when we talk about the Saipan incident we talk about it it's just it's sadness how it all happened I think every single one of us knowing what we know now would have would have done things differently we certainly would have all, all done it differently so, so from a player point of view some of you might have Spoken up, yeah, or taking the boss definitely. aside, or taking Roy aside, Most definitely. or something of I that think, order. You know, if, again, it's all in hindsight. What could you have done differently? And I think when we say we make mix, Mick feels as though yes, he probably in hindsight could have done things differently. But in general, I think he feels as though he's right for his ultimate decision that he made. But I think as as a squad, as a as a player, as a group of players together, I think we w- we would have all done it differently. You know, we were all experienced enough or we had enough experience about us within that squad where we could have actually done something differently were yeah. some of them too scared to just say to Roy it was just, it, it, it take was, a step it, back I tell you Roy. looking back at the moment as it was when it was all happening though uh, Graham, it, it was just one of those moments where it was it was between two guys going head to head and and it was just happening in front of our eyes and it was kind of the, it was almost like you're just letting it go in kind many like respects like a bar room or yeah it, it, it was, was two alpha males going I'm not backing down yeah it was a bit like that. That's what it was. And it was. you look back at it and you think, it, it, things could have been done differently, yes, we know that. You're a good man. Somebody who's made the most of his talents. Um, even if those talents might have taken you, I don't know, to Liverpool or further yeah. or, or whatever. I think a family level. I think that's what it is, yeah. It's not what people <laughs> tell me. That there was, uh, there was greater ability than people um, realised. The Champions League would have benefited from having you there. And aside from just this sounding a bit gushing, I think we've talked to somebody who's been a great representative of football and I think it's shown in this chat Hopefully you enjoyed that big interview which was first released as an exclusive to our socios 12 months ago If you'd like to get these interviews on the first day that they're available it's time for you to join us to become a socio And for only £2.99 a month, you will get an exclusive big interview, plus regular mini-documentaries, not only all ad-free, but all featuring me and bringing you interesting, funny, and sometimes scandalous things from Spanish football. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to unlock our entire archive. That means that once you join, you will have a treasure trove of interviews with funny, elite, interesting revelatory top-class footballers. By joining us, you will help support this independent podcast. You will help to keep us on the road interviewing people and sending that content for your delectation. If you go to the gym, you'll be slimmer. If you've got a dog, he or she will thank you. If you've got a TV, you can turn it off and listen to this instead. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.